If you have your Bible, lift up your Bible. Don't go yet. We'll sing embassy of the word of God. Okay. One, two, shall we go? The Bible is the word of God. It is supernatural in origin, eternal in duration, inexpressible in value, infinite in scope, regenerative in power, infallible in authority, universal in interest, personal in application, inspired in totality. I will read it through, write it down, pray it in, work it out, and pass it on until I become a living proof of God, where God dwells in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to sing Embassy of the Word of God. Embassy of the Word of God. Yeah, we press in to hear the Word. Embassy of the Word of God. Yeah, we press in to hear the Word. Embassy of the Word of Sing to hear the word. Come on, let's sing it. Oh, embassy of the word of God. Yeah, we press in to hear the word. Oh, we press in. We build up. We lambano. We celebrate the word. We press in. to the embassy to hear the word. Hallelujah. Wow. Today we're looking, we're still looking at Jesus in the Old Testament prophecies and in the Psalms. Luke chapter number 24, give me the verse. 25, uh-huh. you are catching on. Luke 24, 25. Then he said unto them, Oh, 
fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, which means the prophets spoke in time past. Hebrews chapter 1, <clears throat> the verse number 1, says that in times past, it is God who at sundry times or in times past or in various dispensations in the past and in diverse manners and the manners are the types, the shadows, prophecies, the diverse types, the manners are the types. Speak in time past unto the fathers. And when he's talking about the fathers, he's talking about the Jewish fathers, the Hebrew fathers, by the prophets, verse 2, has in this last days spoken unto us by his son or in his son. The proper rendering is in his son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Verse 3. The Bible says he upholds who by the who is the bright being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person. So you want to know God, you see God in Christ. He's the express image of the person of God. Now the, now, the, the, the writer of John, don't go to don't go there. John says that God is spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit. And in what? Truth. But spirits don't have form. So the way you see God in a form is in Christ. Hallelujah. So Hebrews says he is the brightness of his glory, the effulgence. So you want to see the glory of the Father, you see that glory in Christ. And the express image of his person and upholding all things. How many things? Oh, including your own stuff, by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins. So the assignment of the son, the way God is speaking through the son was first to come and purge our sins. Then secondly, he says, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. That is, he has become glorified. The sins, purging our sins involve his suffering. And then what? And seated at the right hand involves his glorification. And the glorification involves the resurrection and sitting at the right hand of the Father. Verse 4. Being made so much better. This is in no way comparing Jesus to angels. No. Bet better there is, 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 is a language referring to eternity. He's talking about perpetuity. He may has been made so much better than the angels. In other words, he is an eternal God as he has by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than they all. We'll look at that on another day. The name. Hallelujah. Go back to Luke 24, 26. So he spoke to the fathers through the prophets. So we want to see Jesus in the prophecies or in the prophetic scriptures, and also in the Psalms. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things, 
So the sufferings of Christ and to enter into what? His glory. There is consistency. He suffered, then he entered into glory. In other words, risen up to be seated at the right hand of the Father. Hallelujah. Verse 27. And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them, or he explained, he exegeted, he explained, he, he, he interpreted unto them all the scriptures. So the scriptures need interpretation. The word expounded means interpretation. So the scriptures need interpretation. The things concerning who? Himself. Concerning himself. Then jump there. Jump there to the verse number, the same scripture, but jump to the verse number 45. No, to the verse number 40. Let's take it from 40. And when he had thus spoken, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they yet believed not for joy, and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? And they gave him a piece of a broiled fish and of an honeycomb. And he took it and did it before them. Verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled. Must be what? Fulfilled. So the scriptures were fulfilled in Christ. If you're writing, no, start writing. And everybody is writing. <laughs> the scriptures were fulfilled in Christ. And when we talk about the scriptures, we are talking about what? The Old Testament scriptures. The, the way God spoke to the fathers. So everything he said to them, he said it to them in types, in shadows, in prophecies. Were fulfilled in Christ. Which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets. Somebody say the prophets. And in the Psalms concerning me. So today we'll be looking at the Psalms and the prophets. So Jesus, the sufferings of Christ in the Psalms and the prophets. Or in the Psalms and the prophets. Or in the Psalms and in prophecy. Old Testament prophecy. The sufferings of Christ. Number one. Let's get into business now. Let's um, look at Psalm 22. Psalm 22. We'll take it from the verse number one. Psalm 22. The Bible says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring. Does that make, does that ring a bell? Who said that? Jesus. He said it on the cross. So in his suffering, the writer of the Psalm number 22 makes us, gives us a picture of the sufferings of Christ. Verse 2 says, Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but thou hearest not, and in the night season, and I'm not silent. Verse 3 but thou art holy, O thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. The Bible says God turned his face away from him when he was on the cross. That's why he screamed, my father, my father, 
He says what? My God, my God, I beg your pardon. Why hast thou forsaken me? Verse 4 says, Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted, and thou didst deliver them. Verse 5. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were not confounded. Verse 6. But I am a worm, and no man, a reproach of them, and despised of the people. Jesus, in his suffering, when he was brought before Pontius Pilate, when judgment was passed on him, they beat him to the extent that the Bible says they actually scourged him. The word they used was scourged him. They scourged him to the extent that he was not recognizable. You could not see Jesus and say, this was the Jesus you knew. Because Jesus was so scorched, they had whips that had, that had metals at the tip of them. Such that any time they laid a stripe on his body, it tore off the flesh. Or to the extent that by the time he was carrying the cross to go, he was completely like a worm. He was, he was, he was, he was unrecognizable. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out their, their, their lip. They shake their head saying, <laughs> he trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. See, he delighted in him. Remember the, um, the, the centurions, the, 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 the soldiers, the Roman soldiers. They said, this one says he's a son of God. He trusts in God. Let him deliver him. And then whilst he was speaking, he says, oh, he calls Elias. They were laughing at him. But the prophet David saw this in prophetic Psalms and wrote about the sufferings of Christ. So when Jesus was saying that the prophets and the Psalms talked about me and talks about my suffering, this is a picture of it. Verse, verse 8 and verse 9. Oh, he trusted on, yeah, yeah, let's go on verse 9, please. But thou art he that took me out of the womb. Thou didst make me hope when I was upon my mother's breast. If you just read this, you think that it was David just writing concerning himself. But David was putting himself in the place of the son of God. I was cast upon thee from the womb. Thou art my God from my mother's belly. Be not far from me, for trouble is near, for there is none to help. 12. My many bulls have compassed me. Strong bulls of Bashan have beset me round. In other words, he's saying, there are many enemies around me. There is no friend, nobody to help. Even the disciples that were his friends, when a girl went to ask Peter, you were part of this man's entourage. You were his chief protocol. He says, no, I don't know him. And before then, Jesus has told him, three times before the night will crow, three times before the cock will crow, you will deny me. He says, father, nah. boss, mm -mm. If, if I deny you, where, where am I going to? He did not know when the thing overtook him. By the time the cock was crowing the third time, Jesus turned and Peter turned and their eyes met. The last time when he was denying him, Jesus was saying, I told you so. They gapped upon me with their mouths as a ravening and a roaring lion. 14. We're reading all the way down. 
Go on quickly, please. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joints. My heart is like wax. It is melted in the midst of my bowels. My strength is dried up like a poshet, and my tongue cleaveth to my jaws, and thou hast brought me into the dust of death. It was at that point he was saying, I test, and they gave him vinegar. Verse 16 says, For dogs have compassed me, the assemble of the wicked have enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. That's a prophetic scripture of Christ. They pierce his hands and his feet. That was when they were nailing him. I may tell all my bones. They look and stare upon me. In other words, I have lost. My spirit is gone out of me. They part my garments among them and cast loss upon my vesture. They tore his garment to pieces. And when he came to his small coat, they cast lot on it. Who would take it? The best. Who, who, whichever, whoever wins will take it. That was a prophetic preacher of the sufferings of the Son of God. But be not thou far from me, O Lord. O my strength, haste thee to help me. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. Save me from the lion's mouth, for thou hast had me from the horns of the unicorns. I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the congregation. Will I praise thee? Pause there. Go to Hebrews chapter 2. We'll come back. Hebrews chapter 2 from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 2. Therefore we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them sleep. Verse 2. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Verse 3. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him? He was saying that I came for this purpose only, and for this purpose did I come. In the volume of the book it is written that I've come to fulfill thy will, O God. And what is the fulfillment of the will? That is to come and suffer and die for us. Hallelujah. And it has one primary reason, salvation. Salvation. The Greek says soteria. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles, and the gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. This was after the resurrection. For unto the angels has he not put in, the, in subjection the world to come whereof we speak. Six. But none, but one in a certain place testifies, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him? Or the son of man that thou visitest him? And this is the prophetic Psalms as well again. And the writer of Hebrew was referring to Jesus Christ. That what is man that thou art mindful of him? And humanity is referring to humanity as a race. What is man that thou art mindful of him? In other words, we were on the mind of God when in the garden, Adam and Eve 
messed up and God was looking for a godly seed. Yesterday we talked about what? The godly seed until he found that seed in Christ. And when he came as the godly seed, the only way he could become the fulfillment of that godly seed was to go through suffering. The verse number seven says, Thou madest him a little lower than the angels. Thou crownest him with glory and, and, and honor. And this set him over the works of thy hands. Verse nine. It's still talking about Christ. It's talking about how he emptied himself. His kenosis, as the Greek will put it. He emptied himself of his glory from heaven and became human. Philippians 2, 5. Don't go there. Still talks about how the, let this mind of that was in Christ be in you also. Who did not count it robbery to be equal with God, but emptied himself to become a servant. To become a servant. Today, when we look at Christianity, it is glamorous. But Jesus first had to empty himself as a servant, empty himself of his glory so that he would go through suffering and then put back the glory. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. Right now, when you look at things, things that not look like they are all under him. But it says in the consummation of time, this is a prophetic scripture, in the fullness of time when he comes in his glory, everything will be put under Jesus. Hallelujah. And he will reign as king. Verse 9. Very important place we're going to now. But we see Jesus. Somebody say, we see Jesus. Oh, come on, we see Jesus. Oh, come on, we see Jesus. We don't see anything as we see Jesus. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels. So the pretext we read made us understand that the person was talking about was, who Christ, Jesus. For the suffering of death. So the reason why he came, the reason why we read the Psalms in Psalm 22 was the suffering. But the suffering is the suffering of death. He did not come to suffer for himself. He came to suffer for us. Hallelujah. For the suffering of death. The Bible says, crowned with glory and honor that he, by the grace of God, someone say by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. Even for him to taste death, he needed to go by the grace of God. I pray that the grace of God is released for somebody tonight. When you are going through the hard moments of life, may you receive the grace of God. You need grace to go through the low moments of life. Receive the grace of God. When things are not working for you, you need the grace of God. What you need is more grace and tonight receive more grace him by the grace of God tasted death for all men verse 10 says for it became him for whom are all things and by whom are all things in bringing many sons unto glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings so the suffering of Christ was to bring you into glory hallelujah that is why Peter said I'm a witness of the suffering but I am a partaker of the glory partaker of the grace. Somebody is a partaker of the grace here. His suffering is not for us to pity. It was by necessity for him to suffer so that you and I can enjoy the glory. Tonight, enjoy the glory. Every area of shame in your life receives glory tonight in the name of Jesus. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one. As we see Jesus, we become one with him. Are you hearing me? As we see Jesus, but we see Jesus. We don't see the trouble. We see Jesus. We don't see the shame. We see Jesus. We don't see the trouble around us. We see who? Jesus. 
For both he that sanctified, in the process of his death, he brought sanctification. He sanctified you and he sanctified me. He made you and I a holy nation, a peculiar people, people that have been called forth to show forth his praises, not his pity. Are all of one for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren. We read that in Psalm 22 earlier on. He says, I'm not ashamed to call them brethren in what? In the temple. Verse, verse 12. Saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren in the midst of the church. Will I sing praise unto thee? Jesus suffered so that he will give birth to the church. So that he will be able to give praise unto the name of the father in the church. That's for next week. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God has given me, we are his children. Hallelujah. We are his children. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same so part of his suffering was to become flesh and blood amen that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death the power of death has been destroyed Therefore, anybody here under the sound of my voice that have been earmarked for premature death, death has been swallowed up in victory. Therefore, anywhere that death is coming from, it goes back to sender. In the name of Jesus, Jesus destroyed death. In him, he destroyed death. That had the power of death. That is the devil. The devil has been defeated. The dogs compass him right about. And he looked at them. He said, my God, my God, this is too much for me. But at the end of it, for three days, three nights, he was in the womb of the earth. But when he resurrected, the devil was permanently defeated. Never to have any hold over you and I. Verse 15, please. Glory to the Lamb of God. And deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Refuse to fear death. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. I told you yesterday, God was looking for what? A godly seed. And he found that seed in Abraham. He said in Abraham that your seed, through your seed, I will bless the nations of the world. We are the seed of Abraham because we are one with Christ. And because we are one with Christ, you and I are the perpetuators of the blessing. As long as that covenant is there, the covenant between Christ and God is there, that we have become the seed of Abraham, you remain the one that is a dispenser of the blessing. Wherefore, in all things, it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Isaiah 53, please. Start from Isaiah 50, 52, verse 14. Isaiah 52, verse 14. So now take, take, take some notes if you want to. Number one, he was brutally beaten. In his suffering, he was brutally beaten. As many were astonished at thee, his visage was so mad, more than any man, and his form more than the sons of men. 
Like, I, like the psalmist put it, he said that he was like a worm. Isaiah said that he was so beaten that his visage was so marred that he was like a worm. So shall he sprinkle many nations. The king shall shut their mouths at him. For he that, for that which had not been told them shall they see. And that which they had not heard shall they, they, shall they consider. Hallelujah. So he was brutally beaten. Isaiah 53 verse 5 also puts it this way. So in Isaiah's prophecy in chapter number 53, this is what Isaiah saw. Isaiah said, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. Isaiah saw a prophetic manifestation of the beating of Christ that he was wounded for us, bruised for our iniquities, bruised for our sins. Because he was the godly seed, it pleased the father that he would be bruised. God, it was, God was happy when they were beating Jesus. He was very satisfied. Why? Because that sin of Adam and Eve needed to be punished on somebody. And remember yesterday, he says, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent and the serpent shall bite his heel. When the serpent was biting his heel, that was his suffering. Yeah. So that he will also what? Crush the head of the serpent. He needed to be beaten so that he will also what? Crash the head of the serpent. And guess what? When he was beaten, this is what he said. That Peter put it this way in 1 Peter 2.24. He says, by, he says, through his suffering and the beating of his body, sickness and disease was terminated, was healed. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body. So Peter interpreted Isaiah 53 and the verse number 5. On the tree that we been dead to sins. We are not alive to sins anymore. We are dead to that sin he came to crucify on the tree. When Jesus was crucified on the tree, he was crucified with sin trapped in his body. Should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. I prophesy to somebody this year, you will not suffer sickness. I cast diseases and sicknesses. He was bruised so that you will be healed. Therefore, every sickness and disease, I don't care whether they have been diagnosed yet or undiagnosed. Right now I attack them from their roots. Let your amen come like thunder. I say in the name of Jesus, I curse sickness and disease. Sugar diabetes is removed. High blood pressure is removed. Ear complications are removed. Your vision is perfect. In the name of Jesus, everything in your body that, re that, that is responding to sickness and disease right now by the anointing of the Holy Ghost and by the beating Christ, I command that sickness to leave your body. Menstrual irregularity, menstrual pains, unusual menstrual pain, it is not of God. I command that thing to leave your body from tonight. In the name of Jesus, receive health and wholeness. I decree and declare, your skeletal frame is healed. Everything in your body is healed. Your 
brain is healed. Your mind is healed. Receive sanity of mind. Every fever in your body is gone. Every weakness in your body, I command it to go. Every pain in your body, I command it to go. Every sugar level, I command it to be normalized. In the name of Jesus, I curse sickness and disease tonight. I curse cancers. I command them to leave now. I curse tumors. I command them to go now. I curse fibroid. I command it to shrink. In the name of Jesus, I curse every kind of cancer, every kind of internal disorder. I command that thing to go. In the name of Jesus, I bind sickness and disease. I declare 2019, you shall bounce like a stone. You shall be healthy like a stone. The Bible says none in Zion shall say they are sick. The Bible says he will bless your water and he will bless your bread and he will take away sickness from the midst of thee. Therefore, every sickness in your body that you have not even noticed yet, today I command it to go. Heart diseases, go. Heart diseases, go. Generational cases of diseases, go. In the name of Jesus, every disease that runs through families, I command you right now, tonight stop. I declare in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus, I declare now stop in the name of Jesus. Any disease that kill your father will not kill you. Any disease that kill your mother will not kill you. Any disease that kill your grandfather will not kill you. You will live longer. You will live older. In the name of Jesus. Please sit down. His suffering provided peace and healing, if you're right, right. Isaiah 53 verse 6. So in the prophetic scriptures, of Isaiah, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. When Jesus came, he came to take the iniquity of us. In his suffering, he put upon himself all of us our sins. So you find out in his body that sin that he took on his body that was responsible for any kind of sickness and disease was placed on him. That is why the Bible says we, but we, we see Jesus. We don't see the sick Jesus on the tree because he did not remain on the tree as sick. We see the glorified Jesus, but we see Jesus. I say we see Jesus. We see the healed Jesus. We see the healing Jesus. We see the healed Jesus. We see the strong Jesus. We don't see the weak Jesus. We don't see the lamb Jesus. We see the lion Jesus. The roaring lion Jesus. We see the healed Jesus. All of us, our iniquities, our sins are laid upon him. Verse 7. Hurabasatataya. Guys, be quick with me, okay? Verse 7, quick, quick, quick. He was oppressed, and then keep, get ready for verse 8, okay? He was oppressed. No, that didn't say shift. Just get there, 7, and get ready for verse 8. <laughs> he was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb, similar to what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 22, that I did not have any mouth to talk. As they were beating him, he just kept quiet. They asked him, are you the king of the Jews? 
He says, thou seest. He asked him, they lay charges against you. Won't you talk? He said, I have nothing to say. Because all of them that came around him to accuse him were all his familiars. These were the same people that he healed. These were the same people that brought their children and he laid hands on their children. These were the same people that brought their children and said their children were convulsing. He laid hands and cast them diseases out of them. This was the same people that came and masked. He fed them, fed their wives, fed their children. These were the same people that came to accuse him. That is how the psalmist put it in, 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 in Psalm 51. But don't go there. He says what? It is not anybody that came to accuse me but a man my familiar a man my equal that was a prophetic psalm of jesus christ it was it was david talking about um, Ahitophel that came to accuse him but it was actually a prophetic psalm concerning Jesus. He says it was not people that are strangers but my own people delivered me over to the Romans. His own brethren rejected him and delivered him to the Romans. The Bible says that brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her sharers is dumb so he opened not his mouth. The same Jesus that healed the sick. The same Jesus that cleans the lepers. The same Jesus that did diverse miracles that they saw every day. This was the same Jesus they brought and, and cru they said, crucify him. They said, we know him not. Let him go away. They said, we know him not. He claims he's the king of the Jews. They rejected their king. They rejected their king. Even his own friends. In the garden of Gethsemane, when they came, they ran away only him was standing. He ran away. Jesus was ordinary like them. Other than that, the people could have recognized him. When they came to the garden, they asked Judas to go and kiss him. Why? Because he was just like all of them. Because Judas would be able to recognize him. They saw him during the day. He was healing the sick, so they would have definitely known Jesus. But he was like them. And they all ran away. After they took him, Peter brought out knife and took off somebody's ear. He said, no, Peter. No, Peter. When I needed you to pray for me, I was alone. When I needed you to stand with me, I was alone. You were far gone. You were sleeping. You were snoring. Now is not the time to be cutting ears. Now is the time for the hour of darkness. He says, this is the hour of darkness and its power is at hand. Do you what you want to do with me? For twice, he said, we look for Jesus. He says, I am he. They fell on, on their back. He said, we look for Jesus. He said, I am he. They could not touch him. If he did not lay down his life, they couldn't have caught him. He had to lay down his life. He says, take me. Take me. He could not open his mouth. Verse 8. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For, the, for he was cut out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. Verse 9. And he made his grave with the wicked. He was put between two thieves, two wicked men. When the people were given the choice to choose between Barabbas, a thief, an armed robber that was killing them daily, and Jesus they said, we want Barabbas. We want Barabbas. We want Barabbas. 
it shows you how wicked the heart of man is. But I pray this year, when any man stands to accuse you, may God defend you. May God defend you. May you not be found alone. He was falsely accused, not because we did what he did, but he did not want to talk for the sake of you and I that we will be saved because he was the godly seed that was found. He must be beaten by the snake so that he can bruise the head of the serpent. And the head of the serpent is already bruised. We'll look at that tomorrow. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. In other words, Joseph of Arimathea, the rich man, gave him his own grave. He made what? His, he, he, with the, well, and, and with the rich in his death. I'm interpreting it for you as we go on. Because he had done no violence. Neither was any deceit in his mouth. Verse 10. Guys, quick, quick. Verse 10. Yet it pleased God. Maybe I might stop there. It pleased God. He died for the wicked. He died. I beg your pardon. He died with the wicked. But was also buried what? With the rich. He died with the wicked. He died for the sins, not of his own sins, but for the sins of what? Others. If you're writing, write. Those are my points. <laughs> Number five. The Messiah was forsaken. <laughs> I'm giving you my points now. <laughs> Number one, I said he was brutally beaten. Number two, he was to be silent before his persecutors as a lamb led to the slaughter. So he was, number two, he was silent. Number three, he died with the wicked, but buried with the rich. Look for the scriptures yourself. That's Isaiah 53 verse 9. Number four, he died for the sins of others as a satisfaction of God. I will stop there tonight. He died for the sins of others as a satisfaction to God. That's Isaiah 53 verse 10. Isaiah 53 verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. God was happy when Jesus was dying. Yeah, he was happy. Because at least for once, there is what is called um, propitiation taking place. For one, his anger is being satisfied. For once, his anger against sin is being satisfied. So the Bible says, him who knew no sin became sin for us. He became sin. We became his righteousness. We took his place. He took our place. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He was offered as a sacrifice for sin. He was our sin sacrifice, our lamb that was slain. He shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. I will explain that. <laughs> That's a very big one. He was made an offering for sin. Why? So that he would see his seed. Take note, I told you that it's all about the godly seed. The seed. 
the seed of Abraham was Christ. But the seed of Abraham, the Bible says, we all, as Abraham is, are children of the promise. As Isaac is, sorry, I beg your pardon, are children of promise. And we all, because we are one with Christ, are also the seed of Abraham. So the death of Christ produced a new seed, a new seed, a new seed, a new seed. The Bible talks about it this way. It says, born again, not of corruptible seed, but of an incorruptible seed of the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. Jesus had to die as a seed. He says, unless the seed falls to the ground and dies, it abideth alone. But when it dies, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. And you are the fruit of that redemption. You are the fruit of that death. So it pleased the father to see his seed. I am the seed of Christ. You are the seed of Christ. And when Christ, when God looks at you, he is happy. Why? Because it means that the work of his son was not in vain. When he was happy, the Bible says that Jesus, whilst he was being crucified, the earth became dark. And he cried, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? God turned his eyes away from him because the Bible says what? God cannot behold iniquity. And whilst they were killing him, he said, unto your hands I commit my spirit. And he said, it is finished. It is finished. In other words, the journey of suffering is coming to an end. It's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. It's coming to an end. He says that he shall prolong his days and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. I'm the pleasure of the Lord. You are the pleasure of the Lord. His death was not for nothing. It's so that he will produce seeds like you and I that will become the pleasure of the Lord. But Bible says when he sees us as the seed of the Lord, his days are prolonged. Hallelujah. When he sees us as his days, when he sees us as a seed, the precious seed, then he begins to see how what Christ did was not useless at all. What Christ did, his suffering was not useless at all. It was for you to enter into your glory. I see somebody enter into his glory. The Bible says it pleased him that he will become like his brethren, that he will bring many sons unto glory. Somebody has entered into their glory. Rise unto your feet tonight. I say somebody has entered into your glory. I say somebody has entered into his glory. Somebody has entered into his glory. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to speak in the Holy Ghost. Somebody has entered into his glory. You are the seed of Abraham. You are the seed of the Lord. And when he sees you, he is pleased. I say he is pleased. I say he is pleased. When he sees you, he is pleased. The Bible says that his work shall prosper in your hands. Your life shall experience the prosperity of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Your life will experience prosperous prosperity. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. 
us. Mrs. Okeke, please remove the chewing gum. Okay. It's not a good thing to chew chewing gum in the presence.